Hey everyone, it's Tony. It's David. And, and we're, we're two dudes, dudes talking Disney. Disney. Nailed it. Um, back with uh, pre-shows part two. Yes, we decided that rather than bore you for a straight hour, we'd bore you twice for a half hour. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, hopefully everybody who listened to part one comes back for part two. Correct. Or they yeah. just say, we don't want to listen to part two of this, we'll come back in two weeks. Well, we'll know, I was going to say, we'll know. We'll if, know uh, when we get our, our insight and yes, statistics. Yes, see. Uh, so yeah, so if you f- were following us, our last episode, uh, we were talking about our favorite favorite pre-shows in the parks, and uh, we managed to cover Hollywood, uh, sorry, Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Yes. And today we're going to cover the other two parks in Walt Disney World, and just very briefly touch on Disneyland because they don't really have any pre-shows out there. Well, they do, but they the, uh, the I mean we've covered them because they're kind of the same. Yes. So yeah. So Hollywood Studios. So let's start off with the mythical one. All right. All right. Uh, and I say mythical because if you if you've been to Hollywood Studios recently, uh, you you know the new marquee attraction, not Star Wars related, is the Mickey and Minnie's uh, Runaway Railway, which opened shortly before the pandemic right. started. Opened so, March of twenty twenty. Right. It opened you know uh, literally weeks before the the pandemic hit. Yep. So. Uh, actually, not even weeks. It opened March fourth of it. So then, on March thirteenth, it was over for 14, ten days. Yeah. So there is a pre-show to get you th- into the ride, but we really don't know. Uh, we haven't really seen it right. because, due to COVID restrictions, they've cut it out, and you now walk through the pre-show. Yeah. Based on what I've seen, I'm assuming you burst through the movie screen. Okay. The th- right, because if you if you walked in the room, you'd see that there is a like a, a hole almost in a, a movie screen. And if you notice too, if those of you who've recently been there, um, there's cue markers on the ground, the, the green circles. From, mm-hmm. Like if you go into the Rise of the Resistance, they have you stand. So I, I do think when they first reopened from COVID, they may have done the pre-show. And then that, you know, because you could tell by the ground markers that it was open. So I have no idea what happens in that pre-show. Right. But we know there is a pre-show. There is. So do you, you have any insight on it? Or I no? do not. Okay. I do not. We rode the attraction once um, in a post-COVID world. Okay. And, you know, I ha- haven't read any ride reports uh, about it because I-, I really didn't think about it until we were doing the show. But Okay. Um, I look forward to the post-COVID world when uh, when I get to experience it. Okay. Right. So so now we know. And um, moving on, let's pick up uh, Star Tours. Okay. So Star Tours pre-show. Um you know, themed queue, right? Because you encounter R2, C3PO, uh, a couple of Mon Calamari's doing some office work. Right. You know, one of my um, my routines is to always stop and tip my cap to Rex. Captain uh, Rex. You know, yeah. Captain Rex, who's there in the pre-show. And then... Um, who is also in... Uh, the DJ. The DJ. Yeah. At August Cantina. Uh, then you get up to the, the queues to get in, uh, your boarding gate, if you will, and you watch the pre-show. And, uh, you know, you see some mouse droids and some shenanigans, and they give you kind of the safety spiel. Um, you know, I think probably the the most memorable part of the whole thing is the droid that is like the flight attendant that gives you the bye-bye mm-hmm. at the end of the ride itself, gives you the pre-show before you get on. Right. And that, she happens to be voiced by actress Allison Janney, or Janney. Uh, I know she was on, what, The West Wing? Yes. One of her big shows. Um you know, it's one of my least favorite pre-shows. Yeah, it and it, it to me, it's like um, it's one of those where like they were building steam and you know pre-shows were getting good, mm-hmm. and then they just kind of threw that one out there, right? You know, 
Like, I don't want a snarky robot. Yeah. Oh, as, who does? As my pre-show. Right. You know, I enjoy watching the maintenance droids take care of the ships in the background and, and do all that stuff while they're preparing our star speeder. Um, but the, the whole snarky robot just doesn't do it for me. Okay. So, yeah, I, you know, I am a huge fan of Star Tours. Yeah. I, I just wish that they'd bring back the original, mm-hmm. like, once in a while. I right. want to fly down the Death Star Trench. Right. You know. Okay. All right. Um, next to Star Tours, we have the uh, Muppet Vision 3D. Uh, so there's a pre-show before that one. I think that's one of the more comedic pre-shows. Yes. Uh, I think they did a phenomenal job with that one in the, um, you know, sticking to the source material, keeping the Muppets. Um, you know, one of our, you're introduced to the kind of the layout of the show, how it's going to go. Uh, it is the final work of Jim Henson, mm-hmm. the pre-show for the ride. Uh, it was the final project Jim Henson worked on before he passed away. So uh, I enjoy it. I think it probably would be like the most underrated of right. the Disney pre-shows. Yeah. And, you know, it's got a lot of that whole interactive cue elements. You know, you're walking through Muppet Labs. Um, you walk past doors. You walk past uh, props. You walk past set pieces. Uh, so there's a lot to watch. Um, there's also a video component. Correct. Um, you know, I think if the, there's the one section, if you look under the mat, you'll actually find a the key. key under the mat. Yeah. Yep. You know, um, it features Mickey Mouse, uh, a cameo from Mickey Mouse. Okay. Um, you know, which uh, I can't say it's rare for a pre-show because there would be the third pre-show in the park that has a Mickey Mouse in it. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I definitely think the Muppet pre-show is underrated. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. So, um, you know, it's been so long, I want to honorably mention the Backlot Tour. Okay. But was that a pre-show? You know, was the the special effects booth like a pre-show? Uh, I think that was kind of like its own attraction. Yeah, you know, that's a good one. Maybe we'll have to put that out there for a poll. Was it a pre-show? I don't even think anybody remembers the no, special effects no, booth. I know. You know, in the, the Pearl Harbor, the, the, the right. battle scene, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, we've done Star Tours. We've done uh, Minnie and Mickey. Let's head over down Hollywood Boulevard over to Sunset Strip. Aerosmith. Yes. Uh, you know, a lot of star power in the Aerosmith, um, you know, pre-show itself. Right. Uh, it, it's it's one of the more unique ones because the pre-show is supposed to be happening in front of you. So you're watching a, a film, really, that's supposed to be happening. Uh, you know, it, I think it's classic, but I do think Rock and Roller Coaster's days are numbered. Oh, you know, the, the, it seems to be every year it's, it's what band is going to replace Aerosmith. Um, I remember... Yeah, 2010, you know, well, 12 years ago, it actually popped up on my Facebook memories today. 12 years ago, I took the girls to see the Jonas Brothers movie. And uh, I remember at one point, the rumor was that the Aerosmith uh, rock and roller coaster was going to be rethemed for the, the Jonas, Jonas Brothers. Brothers. Yeah. Um, but like Steven Tyler, it's just hanging on. <laughs> it, it, yeah, right. Um, Steven Tyler no longer looks like he does in the pre-show. No. Now he looks like somebody's grandmother. Correct. He looks uh, like your drunken grandmother. Yeah. Uh, 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 over in, uh, you know, it, it's interesting that over in Paris, they actually rethemed, they shut down Rock and Roller Coaster Avec Aerosmith, and uh, they are retheming it into an Iron Man attraction as part of their Avengers game. Correct. So, uh, so who knows what's in store for it? You know, yeah. right now, uh, it, it is a, a good pre-show. It's got the music. Uh, if someone can just grab Chris's Black Les Paul, I think right. we'll all be good. Yeah. You know? And again, another um, element that changed, if you remember when the ride first opened, they actually had... 
like a groupie in the, the studio. When he asked to grab the guitar, he would grab the guitar and walk out the side door, which has now been replaced. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I think it, uh, it's, it's one of the more, it'll go down in history as one of the more classic yeah. shows. You know, uh, pretty creative. Yeah. And, you know, and definitely does enhance the ride. Correct. And it gets people, you know, usually it'll get people kind of in the mood. It gets right. them, it, it growls you up a little bit. Everyone, you know, you walk in, you know, you hear the, the, the beat to walk this way and it kind of, it gets you going like, yep. you're like all right, let's do this, you know? Right. So, right. which you probably don't know, right? No, cause I've yeah. not ridden it. Yeah. I, uh, so for- I, I, I made it to the queue last time and then uh, I bailed Okay, and decided to hold coats while everybody rode. That's right. Um, but see, I thought you nobly offered to buy Amelia a Mickey bar. <laughs> When the girls went on it, that's what I thought it was. Oh, that, that's uh, yeah, our trip. Um, <laughs> well, I did, I did, and uh, like uh, like the song Aerosmith and that ride uh, continues to hang on. Yes. So, so if we if we had good production values, we would insert that uh, that line from the Aerosmith Correct. song right now. Yes, but we don't. We don't need to. No. So um, and then right next to that is I, I you know right after Haunted Mansion, I think probably the second best. Uh, Q or uh, excuse me, pre-show, which is Tower of Terror, mm-hmm. and uh, you know the Tower of Terror pre-show, it, it really does set up the ride again because of COVID, it's it's not operating. But you went into the library of the hotel and you give and it, it it set the stage for the attraction. It gave you right. a story, you know, Hollywood, nineteen thirty nine, amid the glitz and the glitter of a bustling and movie town at the height of the golden age. Well, not not that you've ridden that uh, <laughs> many times. Uh, you know, and and what when that one came out, what made it so amazing was just Rod Sterling. You mm-hmm. know, the fact that he fully narrates it, and it's none of it's voiced over; it's all him. Uh, made that you know cue line very, or excuse me, that pre-show very distinctive because you you were listening to someone that has been gone for a long time. Right. You know, narrate the ride. Yeah, he died uh, two twenty years. I was in two decades. Prior to the attraction uh, being open, correct. Yeah. Um, but uh, a, a great ride. Uh, here, I'll throw a little trivia at you. Do you know what the ride was originally intended to be? It was originally intended to be a Mel Brooks attraction. Yeah. And uh, and it, it just never worked out. And then it, it um, you know, it's funny because again, you know, my 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 love of Hollywood Studios, that that section of the park, you know, they, they there was talk of when it was first being thought of of, of Roger Rabbit, Dick Tracy. But those kind of went away, and they started looking at other elements. And you know, again, uh, you know, a Mel Brooks themed attraction was big. And I, I have to say, I uh, not to plug other, uh, you know, other channels, but there's an incredibly cool YouTube video on how the ride actually works. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think it's awesome. Okay. I, you know. What what channel is that, dude? Uh, I have no idea. I'm not plugging somebody else. All right. <laughs> Go out and look it up on YouTube. All right. Um, but yeah, you know, that that ride, you know, it, it kind of puts you into that Twilight Zone mood. Yes. Uh, you know, the hotel is, uh, I don't want to say decrepit, but it's 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 definitely uh, spooky yes. and creepy. And every time I look at it, I, I just think back to, you know, the stories about when the Haunted Mansion opened up originally and uh, the maintenance workers used to go in and clear the cobwebs. Right. And, uh, you know, there are so many cobwebs and it's just got that old, musty, like... Basement-y. Yeah, I can, I can smell the must and the rusty pipes and it, it very much sets the, a, a sense, sensorial tone 
uh, as, as well. We are as, using big words. I know. I, I was going to say sensual. Yes. Using yeah. <laughs> using your senses, but no, it's no, no, it's, it's not not that kind of reaction. Yeah. Oh, but I just you know again, Tower Terror is one of my favorites, and I just want to remind you, Tom, that the next time you check into a deserted hotel on the dark side of Hollywood, make sure you just know what kind of vacancy you're filling. Uh, those are words to live by. Because <laughs> after all, you may find yourself a permanent resident. And I don't want to do that. Of the Twilight Zone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, and um, it, it is, I, I again, you know, one of those, the queue lines, it's got, you know, Hidden Mickey, the, the, uh, the lobby, the hotel itself, the library is full of Easter eggs of the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you're a fan of the Twilight Zone show, uh, I... I I was shocked when they took the ride away from California, but having been on both of them, and we'll talk about the pre-show for that in a little bit, the it, it works because it wasn't the same ride and it wasn't as right. good. Right. So, uh, but yeah. So then, uh, crossing Tower of Terror off. Our list. All right. Moving back to Galaxy's Edge, uh, yes. Smuggler's Run. Yes. So the pre-show for Smuggler's Run is our introduction to Hondo Anaka and Anaka Transport Systems. Uh, one of the most uh, what am I looking for? Advanced audio animatronics ever made. Yes. Uh, Hondo is. And, uh, you know, you, you get the... It, it's a good way to set up a story. I just don't like the fact that you're looking up the mm-hmm. whole time like that because he's, he's you know, from your vantage point, it's pretty high up. And uh, it, it just kind of takes a little bit away from me. I don't... I feel like I'm afraid I'm going to walk into the people in front of me or trip over my own two feet because I'm, I'm projected so high up. Okay. But, uh, you know, I... Obviously, we know my Star Wars in this, and it just bothers me so much that you have a Star Wars ride that the main character is about the Millennium Falcon, and the main character isn't Chewie, Chewie or, or Han, right. for that matter. You know, uh, so that that's my disappointment with that ride. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, again, it's a good pre-show. The, the, it, it is you know true. The uh, audio animatronic is incredible. It, it's very lifelike. Uh, is I guess as much lifelike as Hondo could be. Right. So what are yeah. your thoughts? Um, you know, I, I agree with you that the, the lack of uh, wookiness in that area yeah. is a little bit of a surprise. I, I understand why they don't have Han. Um, you know, the Galaxy's Edge is supposed to actually fit a certain timeline in the Star Wars universe. Correct. It's not a, it's not just an open-ended timeline in Galaxy's Edge. Um, that's why there are certain items that are not sold in Galaxy's Edge. But if you go to the Star Wars Trading Post, because they're another Star Wars time frame, you can buy them there. Right. Um, so I, I, I get that. And, you know, Chewie is a couple hundred years old anyway. Right? Correct. He is old. So, so he should, uh, you know, he stays with the Millennium Falcon, even, you know, in the times of, of Rey and, uh, and Finn uh, during episodes 7, 8, and 9. Um, so I could easily have seen it being a Chewie. Now the problem there is who speaks Wookiee. Correct. You know, I mean, at least Hondo speaks, uh, you know, English or Interlac, whatever, uh, whatever we're whatever going with, whatever it. we're going with. You know, and I think the worst thing would have been for them to put in a Chewy character. Correct. Have him speaking in Wookiee and then have to read uh, closed captioning. Correct. I agree with you on that part, and, and you know, there was always Lando. Right. You know, there. I, I just again, I, I just have a problem with the fact that. The Millennium Falcon is the most, you know, one of the most famous, you know, ships in the in the, the known universe, right. even in the outer realm, and the the main characters are not there. Mm-hmm. So, 
Great pre-show, though. It really yeah. is. It sets up the ride yeah. very well. You know, uh, if you were a fan of uh, Star Wars Rebels or, or the Clone Wars cartoon, you know, it's true to the Hanaka character. Um, you know, and the funny thing is they kind of mixed the 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 Clone Wars Rebel, you know, storyline a little bit by bringing Hanaka with the solo movie by trying to get the coaxium. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, they did a good job of tying that stuff in, but... You know, that's where we're at there. Right. Even though that whole solo thing happened way prior way to... Way prior to... Let's see. Prior to Rebels? Yes. Solo would have been prior to Rebels. Prior to Rebels. And mm. then... Yeah. Galaxy's Edge is, is like... After... Is, is, is after 7, episode yep. 7, because we've got Ray in the First Order. Correct. And, uh, it's I a very... Know. You need a, you almost need some kind of like chart. Yeah. Yeah. They should make one. Speaking of Ray, uh, jumping over now to Rise of the Resistance, which is interesting because it has like a pre a pre show, then like then like the pre pre show, then like the pre pre show, then the pre 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 show. So there's a lot of pre shows, and then the actual ride, and then the actual ride. So, but for the purposes of this, we're talking about the pre show being the first time you're entertained, which is by BB-8 and Ray's Hollow Vision. So uh, sets up the ride very well, brings in star power. It, It you know, right off the bat, it tells you where Finn, Ray, and Poe are. Right. Uh, you get some little BB-8 action in there before he rolls out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I it, the, the hologram's awesome. You know, it really does look like the Star Wars holograms. Right. So, I, I, you know, again, that ride is incredible. The ride system is incredible. And that pre-show does a tremendous job of setting up the ride. Uh, one of the things I like about that one, which you almost get to at the, the Tower of Terror, is that the, the employees can make it better. Right. You know, at the Bellman, at the Tower of Terror, do a great job of kind of just being creepy and spooky, where the resistance uh, operators do a tremendous job of, of making you feel like, you know, you're you're part of the attraction. Right. Um, agree with you. It's an awesome pre-show. Uh, the only problem is I've only experienced it in the COVID world where you are, uh, your group is forced into certain areas. Corners. And, and, and not every vantage point from there has a direct view to the hologram or to BB-8 or uh, any of that. And it's the same, you know, it's along the same when you're loaded onto the transport. Correct. Um, you're kind of... The, the transport is, I think, the worst because, you know, for those of you who haven't been there, to give you a little background... There are colored circles on the floors um, with some plastic dividers in the corners of the rooms. And they bring you in, okay, you, your party, how many go on circles silver? Right. And you, you're you stretching and looking and bending yeah. to stay on your circle. You're kind of almost playing Twister right. to, to see. And then it, uh, when you get on the shuttle, it's even worse. So uh, it is, you know, again, it's the world we're living in. And hopefully in a a few years or months or whatever, we kind of go back to normal a little bit. And in in a few months, we'll be stuck right next to some smelly European (laughs) that that you really don't want to be close to. Uh, We'll be wishing we were stuck in a corner behind a plexiglass shield. (laughs) So so that's it for uh, Hollywood Studios. Uh, So what would you say your favorite is there? Are we agreeing that... uh, Best is Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, yeah. I, I I have a hard time even making one there because Tower of Terror is so good and mm-hmm. so is Rise. But yeah, Rise would definitely. See, I would have gone back. I, I would have given honorable mention to the uh, original Star Tours uh, pre-show. Okay, yeah. You know? With, the, you know, taking the picture of Chewbacca. And, right. Yeah, yeah. Having him freak out at having you. Having him freak and, out. And, uh, and, yeah, yep. But 
now. Yep. Yeah. Now Rise Rise has it. So have we agreed on, on all of our choices? So far, yes, we have. All right. Let's all disagree right. on something. Just okay. To, just to so agree. Animal Kingdom coming yes. up next. Uh, there was only three pre-shows there. Well, two now. One is RIP. Right. So we'll hit, start with that one. The first one we're going to talk about, which is no longer there, was the Warden Wilson Matua storyline of the Kilimanjaro Safaris. Yeah. That was uh, that was a great pre-show. Correct. And I, I like that element of the ride. Because it gave the ride purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, you were trying to prevent poaching. You were out on the, the safari and there was poachers. And then you, you know, you got in on it with him. Right. And um, these are, these are uh, you know, if you didn't go on uh, to Animal Kingdom in the first 10 years of its existence, correct. you don't know about this part of the ride. So Warden, Warden Matua came on. He told you that, uh, you know, uh, welcome to the safari. He's going to be overhead in Simba 1, the aircraft. And uh, that there were rumors of poachers being in the area, and and then you got on your uh, uh, your safari vehicle, and you would hear Wilson Matua pop in every now and then. He'd play some jungle music for you. He'd talk about the poachers, and then as you got to the end of the ride, you found out that oh no, they've got Baby Red. Right. And then your vehicle sped up, and there were some gunshots, and at the very end, you found out that yay, uh, you managed to defeat the poachers, and Baby Red is safe. Correct. Uh, it's funny because Baby Red is still behind the, the buildings in, he is. in, the, in uh, the back lot. I'm, I'm friends with an, an employee, and uh, his office uh, faced Baby Red faced. and took a picture of <laughs> uh, Baby Red in the uh, in in the parking lot there. Or, yes, you know wherever he is. So, um, and then they eliminated that element of the ride. But Wilson Matua still. Correct. Did the, did the the pre-show like kind of went over the animals with you yep. in the, and the he, Harambe he still Reserve. popped on every now and then yep. and say you know Jumbo this is Wilson Matua and I'm up overhead and you could hear the plane and uh, they made the announcement um, over the fall that uh, the pre-show would be going away. Yep. Uh, and it is now just more a safety video. Yep. Uh, so R.I.P. Wilson Matua. Thank you for your many years of service. Um, for keeping the Kilimanjaro Safari safe from poachers. Yes. Uh, next, dinosaur. Yes. Uh, so you know, dinosaur is one of the more comedic ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with Professor Seeker, he's a heck of a paleontologist. Now he is. He is. He is. Um, and he is my favorite pre-show guy because for the entire run of the series, he was Hodges on CSI. Okay. And uh, you know, Hodges was kind of a doofus uh, for CSI analysts, but um, so he, he fit. He fit. Okay. And and like you know. I wrote Dinosaur. I, I didn't watch CSI initially when it came out. And then, like, Cheryl and I got into CSI and we, we binged watched. You know, we, we went to Tommy K's and rented the first season <laughs> discs. And I think we watched all 23 episodes over the course of a weekend. And next time we went to Disney, it was like, oh, my God, that's Hodges. But not only does it have Hodges, you would think that would be tremendous star power. Correct. They no, bring in. Here's Felicia Rashad. Correct. From the Cosby from Show. Mrs. Huxtable. That's right. And and she's, you know, the main uh, the main attraction of yes. this. Yes. So she is the uh, you know, the director of the Dino Institute. Yes. And she arrives just in time to correct a little mistake mm-hmm. uh, about when you're gonna go back to and all that. And uh, it, it is a great pre-show because it definitely adds to the attraction, you know. Uh, I, I like how they they make the joke of the fact that it's the safety video. Right. You know, which right. which I think is kind of pretty, you know, a, a funny way of doing it. Mm-hmm. They make the joke of the fact that it, it's it. Uh, and, of course, everyone loves to start off with the puppet dinosaur. Right. Right. You know, right. so. Uh, you know, the, 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 the sad thing about this is, you know, this was tied into the Walt Disney film Dinosaur. Correct. Uh, which faced some production delays. I don't. I don't think the movie was out prior to the ride, which was a, a, a tough thing for Disney. 
Um, and and then the the film itself had lack like lackluster performance. But Correct. And remember, it was originally Countdown to Extinction because right. Dinosaur hadn't even come out. Right. Right. So you didn't know that. And when when I say Dinosaur hadn't come out, it was a while. Like mm-hmm. so, like it, it, yeah, it wasn't even like you heard a trailer for the movie. <laughs> right. Or like you know. So, uh, but it definitely, um, you know, uh, a very. It's become a classic attraction, and what I laugh at is though there's never a line. No, you know, there's and, never a line unless you go during COVID and you <laughs> want to try to get out of the park quickly. <laughs> Uh, and we went, and the line was like an hour and a half long, and the line went all the way back down to uh, uh, like the the Fry Building, Pterodon okay. Fries or whatever it is. Uh, so yeah, you know this this is a case where you know a lot of these rides like Pirates, you know, here's the attraction, then they based a movie on it, and then they modified the attraction, correct, to to, to take the yeah. movie into account. Well, here's a situation where the ride debuted, the movie wasn't ready. Then the movie came about. It did really poorly. Yeah, you know what? It, it you know it kind of hurt the ride, right? But by the same token, um, you know it's still a fun ride. It's dinosaurs. It's a great ride vehicle. Um, and one of my favorite things to tell people, my little trivia in there, is if you look at the pipes overhead because it's a very industrial looking Correct. building. If you look at the white, red, and yellow pipes, uh, you'll see that some chemicals. Uh, listed on those pipes. Well, those are the chemical compositions of mayonnaise, mustard, and ketchup. Correct. So, and that is one of the more interesting, uh, you know, Easter weenies, eggs and weenies Easter eggs in, in the attractions there. But uh, and, you know, the other thing I like about the uh, dinosaurs, it has a post show. Mm-hmm. You know, as you're exiting the ride, you see overhead monitors where you see the, you know Aladar walking around the institute with security chasing them. Right. So it is one of the the more interesting. Uh, it has that. You know, uh, pro show, right? If you will. Now, have you seen? Speaking of dinosaurs, a uh, complete side note here. Have you seen the dinosaurs versus um, dinosaurs versus dragons tournament put out by D twenty three? It's kind of like their version of March Madness. Yes, yeah, yes, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. cool. Yep. Yeah. My D twenty three just renewed the other day. Did it? Yeah. Lucky you. Lucky there's one hundred and thirty. There's one hundred and thirty dollars. I can't get back. <laughs> but uh, and then our final. Pre-show in the Walt Disney World Resort is Flight of Passage. I put this one at the dead bottom. <laughs> Great ride. G- phenomenal ride. Horrible pre-show. Great theming. Yeah. You know, the, walking the, through Pandora, you get into that building and all of a sudden, you know, you're in the research station. Right. And they went through some painstaking effort to make it look like, you know, it is a piece from the movie. And uh, the problem I have with the pre-show twofold the the doofy you know ride attendant or mm-hmm. the pre-show guy is kind of played out now right like that that character like okay yeah you know he's coming right and then the knockoff sigourney weaver yeah. is just it, it really this is a ride that ha- <laughs> or a pre-show that has no star power no none whatsoever like they've completely given up they don't want to pay anybody now right and uh you know the fact that you have this franchise you're trying to build off of right and like you couldn't get anyone from the movie to do this? I would not be surprised to see a new pre-show because uh, Avatar 2, 3, and 4. Correct. Are filming. Are and, filming and yes. coming out. So maybe we'll get a new pre-show. Yep. Um, you know, my, my favorite part of this queue is the fact that it actually has a restroom in it now. Correct. And I, I do, I think my favorite part of the queue is the giant Avatar in the, in the water. The Navi. Yeah, the uh, Navi in the, in yeah, the water. Yeah, like so. I said, the, the theming is phenomenal. Right. It's just the pre-show video itself is, yeah, 
the, the bottom of the barrel. Right. So I guess that really only gives us out of active pre-shows, that makes Dinosaur the default The winner. default best one. Yeah. yeah. Good job, Dinosaur. So. Yay. You know, while we were oh, sitting here. What about it's tough to be a bug? Oh, we forgot to mention that because it is it is like like Star Tours. Yeah. Uh, it gives you the, the background on the bugs and Hopper. Right. Uh, but I don't think it's better than Dinosaur. No. 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 But no. You, you do get some uh, bug-based music. Correct. And uh, uh, you get to wear the glasses. And you know, they the, tell you not to wear the glasses yep. during that scene. And uh, it's a fun little, you know, once again, it's one of those more audio pre-shows. Um, and I think it really sets the tone for the for the attraction itself. You know, I'm as we're sitting here researching on the fly, uh, we're talking about Kilimanjaro Safari. This is a side note, but I did not know that during the original previews for Animal Kingdom, they actually had a dark ending where Big Red was caught by the poachers and you drove by her bloody mutilated corpse. Wow, I don't. That and, can't be true. And it, I, I, I'm, you know, according to the internet, it says that uh, during cast previews of the Animal Kingdom, there was a dark ending. In which they encountered the slaughtered corpse of Big Red. She was seen on the ground with her tusks sawn off and bloody, symbolizing that the poachers got to her. And it said uh, it was, even though it's only animatronic, it was extremely shocking, and that many complaints were filed as soon as people exited the ride. Wow! So Disney removed it. We're going to have to do research on that because I have never heard that well, before. You know, uh, if it's on the internet, it's got to be true. I quote uh, Abraham Lincoln: "Exactly, if it's on the internet, it's true." It's, yeah. Actually, I think it's the reverse. I believe Abraham Lincoln said, uh, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Right. Maybe, yes. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So that covers Walt Disney World. And then we've got a couple uh, Disneyland corrections that we wanted to talk well, about. A couple little bit of, um, you know, dark or uh, little. Most of the attractions in Disneyland have the same queue. You know, right. Star Tours has the same queue. Yep. Uh, Soren has the same queue. All stuff like that. So, um the only two that are really different is the Indiana Jones ride. In which, the, of course, in, we don't have in Florida. Correct. In Disneyland, which, um, you know, it uh, it features, I forget his name, but he's the character from the Indiana Jones movies. Is it, is it Solemn? Uh, I call him Saul. Saul. Okay, Saul. Uh, you know, he's basically, again, setting up the ride that they that is now, you know, the dig site is now a tourist attraction, yep. and they're going to try and push it through. Um you know, one of the things about the pre-show there, too, was when the ride first opened, they gave you your, you know, decoder ring to decode the Ovaltine message. Right. And that kind of went away. So it, it leaves a little bit out there. Like, you, you, you know, you don't have the, the full pre-show because they stopped handing out the cards to, you know, to, to decipher the code that you're through the queue line and everything. Although... I did find out that the uh, guide is available on the Disneyland app. You, the, okay, the it's still there, the yeah. translating guide? Yep. So uh, that that was, you know, it's a good pre-show. Sala. Sala. That's it. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Uh, good pre-show, one that you can't find in Disney World. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, you know, it's done in the style of uh, historic newsreels. Correct. Uh, like they used to do from the uh, 30s and 40s, uh, which fits into the time frame of, of Raiders and... Uh, it's it's very good. It's uh, really gets you in the mood, um, you know. And once again, it's this is probably the first of the interactive cues uh, because there were elements you could pull on vines and you would hear things and and pull on pieces of bamboo in the attraction and you would hear people hear, screaming yes. and uh, uh, those elements really helped make the wait time go uh, a lot faster. Okay, and then jumping over to uh, Disney's California Adventure. You know, the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction there, uh, obviously when they changed it from 
uh, Tower of Terror to the Guardians of the Galaxy ride, you get the pre-show, and it you have to remember it's the same ride. So the 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 library scene has been replaced with you being put in prison, and Rocket breaks you out. And one of the things I I really like about that pre-show is the animatronic Rocket that just falls out of the ceiling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, the the storyline of that ride is that the collector has kidnapped the Guardians of the Galaxy to put them in his collection, and Rocket has escaped, and he's going to now break the rest of the guardians out. Right. So like you're in the middle of the pre-show, you're getting the, the, the spiel from the collector and like the ceiling collapses and rocket falls out and, and grabs Peter's headphones yeah. and, and the ride starts. So, uh, I, I obviously, you know, being a fan of guardians of the galaxy, I like it. Uh, I think it's one of the more unique ones and the audio animatronics in it are great. Like the, you know, the, the, the rocket, uh, audio animatronic actually reaches down into the case and pulls out the headphones. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how they do that because right. he actually physically grabs them and pulls them out. It's like a mm-hmm. claw machine, I guess. Right. But, uh, so that, it, it, definitely an interesting one and I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's, it's a great pre-show. Um, it really, it just almost the rise of resistance pre-show mimics that. Correct. You know, where BB-8 happens to be up on a ledge. Well, rocket happens to be up on a ledge. So it's a, a very similar pre-show style. Um, and it's the easiest way, you know, even you talk about with Doc Ondar, how he's raised up a, a lot easier to hide some of the mechanics, mechanics of the audio animatronic figures if they're up above you. Now, Doc Ondar just happens to be standing on a platform. Hondo and I. When I say Doc, Doc Ondar, Ondar. You're thinking of Doc's thinking Yeah, on, on my apologies. Yeah. Um, uh, and Rocket, you know, they happen to be up on a ledge, so you really can't see anything there. Um, and that just, that helps, you know, that helps keep what needs to be behind the curtain, behind the curtain. Right. Um, but uh, but a very good pre-show nonetheless. Okay, yeah. And that uh, that's our look at pre-shows. That's our look at pre-shows. How um, long is this one? This one was 33 minutes, yeah, so it's maybe two 30-minute episodes. Okay. And uh, next week's episode, we'll cover all of the pre-shows in Paris and <laughs> Shanghai. <laughs> Uh, no, we're only sticking with domestic pre-shows correct. at this point. So. One day, the two, two dudes international will, will happen. Two dudes Asian tour yes. will hit, uh, three <laughs> sets of parks. So. But uh, until next time, I'm Tony. I'm David. And, and we're, we're two, two dudes, dudes talking, talking Disney. Disney.